You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. This is Aaron the Brain. Josh is out today. Uh, We weren't able to coordinate. We had some things going on uh, outside of the podcast world, but I am still here to bring you your preview. By the way, I am Aaron the Brain. Hello, to the people, I am here to bring you uh, your preview for the Dolphins' Week 12 game against the 3-6 Denver Broncos going to Denver, a place that typically is pretty difficult to play, but hasn't been so difficult to play in for opponents of the Broncos this season. In fact, the Broncos have yet to win a game. At home this season, and the Dolphins hope to keep that trend going as they head into Denver on the back of a five game winning streak playing, well, easily their best football of the season, but probably their best football in, in years. Uh, certainly their best football since that winning streak that they had in Adam Gase's first season. And you could argue their best football in nearly 20 years since the last time this Dolphins team was considered a considerable threat to actually win the AFC and actually contend for a Super Bowl. So that's how good this Dolphins team is playing heading into this game. And we are going to get into uh, this whole preview as far as how the Dolphins match up on either side of the ball, the Dolphins offense against the Broncos defense, the Dolphins defense against the Broncos offense injury status updates. We're going to get into all of that good stuff as well as your one hot takes from Twitter, our predictions, and yeah, we're going to get into all of that good stuff. But first, want to make sure that you are following us on all of the social media outlets. Want to make sure that you uh, like, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you are listening to us, make sure to give us a a rate and review. We certainly appreciate that. And again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. Make sure you're following Josh at Amplified to Rock. Make sure you're following myself at Aaron the Brain. That's at Aaron the Brain on Twitter, and make sure that you head on over to DolphinsTalk.com. We are proud to be part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, and it truly is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So, as we get into this game, again, the Dolphins coming in, winners of five in a row, the Broncos coming in, having lost their last two games. 
the Dolphins come in as favorites for this game to, in this game for the second week in a row. And look, they handled that role well last week, albeit at home. I don't foresee them handling things much differently this week. I think that what we have seen over the course of this season and really heading in, you know, towards last year is that Brian Flores really has the pulse of this team and he has really developed whether you want to call it a culture or a work ethic. He he is determined he has cultivated and developed a workmanlike attitude and disposition with this team. This team has a consistency about the way that they approach things on the day-to-day basis. They parrot the same things, the same pillars over and over again throughout the week in their media availability. And we're seeing consistent results on Sundays. Uh, So there really is no reason to expect the Dolphins to have any sort of overconfidence, uh, buying into the hype. If that was going to happen, you would have expected that to happen last week and it didn't happen. So I fully expect that the Dolphins are going to come out there and they're going to be ready to play. And what's really going to help them as far as being ready to play is literally everybody that was questionable as far as being ready to play. I'm talking injuries Everybody seems to be ready. The big one on that list was Kyle Van Noy, who, remember, was, you know, upgraded kind of last minute prior to the Dolphins game last week against the Chargers. He was upgraded from the from the COVID list. And then he went out with a, you know, kind of an injury to his side last week mid-game, but he came back in that game and then he was listed as questionable. He didn't practice the first few days in the week, but he was a limited participant later in the week and all signs point to Kyle Van Noy being ready. Solomon Kinley, the only other Dolphins player with a with a questionable status he looks ready to go so the Dolphins are healthy coming into this game and that bodes well for them on the Denver side of the ball the big question coming into this game was whether or not Denver's quarterback Drew Locke second year quarterback was a second round pick just a year ago uh, whether or not he would be ready for this week's game and after being questionable and and not practicing early in the week he was a limited participant the last two days at practice and so All signs point to Drew Locke being ready. This is a game where Denver is essentially playing for their, for their season here. I mean, they've got very slim odds considering the, the playoff picture in the AFC where it seems like every single team, more than half the teams have at least six wins in the AFC right now. Uh, and Denver sitting at three and six, it's going to be extremely difficult for them to make the playoffs, but they're not technically out of it. If they lose this game, uh, you could pretty much seal up their their fate for this season not that they wouldn't have anything to play for but at this point this is a hugely important game and and when you haven't won a home game all season they figure to be very very motivated to put up a good performance here to try to to right the ship a little bit especially after a couple of lackluster performances the last 2 weeks now we'll start with as far as the what Denver 
can do offensively to give Miami some trouble. And look, this Denver offense is not without weapons. Look, Drew Locke has a talented arm back there, and he's got some weapons. He's got two good backs in Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, albeit they are they are they're slightly different in their running styles. Melvin Gordon, a little bit of a you know more of that that between the tackles guy, and Philip Lindsay has a little bit more shiftiness to him. But neither guy is really utilized terribly much in the passing game. In the passing game, uh, this is a Broncos offense that that really relies on throwing the ball to four different guys. Uh, number one, first round pick, Jerry Judy. Uh, then you got KJ Hamler, uh, Noah Fant, the, the super talented uh, athletic tight end, and Tim Patrick, who's been a bit of a surprise for them this season, a guy that wasn't really expected much from, but when Cortland Sutton, a guy that was expected to be the the Broncos' number one receiver, went out early in the season with a torn ACL, Tim Patrick stepped up, and he has been, you know, arguably their their most reliable receiver this season. He's second on the team in in yardage with 444. He's third on the team in receptions, but only a only a few behind both Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, and he catches nearly 65% of the balls thrown his way and has over 14 yards per catch, which is second on the team behind Jerry Judy. Uh, But he's 9.3 yards per target, which is best on the team aside from Cortland Sutton, who only played in the team's first game of the season. Jerry Judy is easily the team's most dynamic weapon, but he's kind of a at this point in his career, he's kind of a big play or bust. He does have 34 catches for over 550 yards. He does have a pair of touchdowns. He does have over 16 yards per catch. So he is a big play waiting to happen. And he's an exciting player when you get the ball in his hands. The problem is getting the ball in his hands because right now he's got 34 catches on 69 targets catching less than 50% of the balls throwing being thrown his way. Now, that is not all his fault. Drew Locke needs to do a better job of getting him the ball. Of course, when Drew Locke missed a couple of games, you also had Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon throwing the ball. Uh, they did not do such a great job. But Drew Locke, let's let's face it, this guy is not having a, a good season. This is a guy that, that I believe was... Four and one last year, or five and one down the stretch for the Broncos. The end of his rookie year, and big things were expected from this offense, particularly because they brought in Melvin Gordon and they brought in Jerry Judy. The expectation was that this Denver offense was going to take the next step this year, and Drew Locke was going to be a big part of it. But right now, not only is he only completing fifty-five percent of his passes, but he's got seven touchdowns to 10 interceptions, and when you're going up against a Dolphins team that has been forcing turnovers at an astonishing rate over this winning streak and has been the best in the league as far as opponents' QB rating over these last five weeks, this feels like a matchup where the Dolphins' defense is absolutely licking their chops. I think the Dolphins approach this very similarly to the way they've approached a lot of these games over this winning streak, where they've gone up against quarterbacks like Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo and Joe Flacco, who aren't 
very mobile quarterbacks. And and then even last week against Justin Herbert, who again is a guy that is athletic, but isn't really going to beat you with his legs. The Dolphins are going to apply pressure. They're going to rely on their superior man coverage cornerbacks. They're going to rely on Eric Rowe locking down another tight end. And they're going to switch things up. They're going to bring confusion. And I I think they're going to be licking their chops. I think they're going to get to Drew Locke a few times in this game. I absolutely think there's going to be opportunities for interceptions, maybe some some fumbles. I know Emmanuel Ogba is going to be looking for that third that third strip sack in four games. Uh, there's going to be opportunities for this Dolphins defense, and I'm excited to see what they can bring to the table, uh, especially with Kyle Van Noy being healthy there and thus having the full complement of players. Uh, as far as things to watch out for as far as what the the Broncos can do. They are decent at running the football with those running backs, but the Dolphins did a great job last week against the Chargers of really limiting big plays and forcing the Chargers to run the ball. This Denver offense, this rushing offense with with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, it's kind of similar to to the Chargers offense. I think they're they're a little bit better, and and those players could break off bigger chunks of yards, but they're not game breakers. And so I think the Dolphins probably approach this with a very similar strategy of look. We're going to take away the deep third of the field. We're going to keep everything in front of us, and we're going to focus on forcing Denver to to run the football on on those early downs. And if we get them into third and long, then we're we're pinning our ears back and we're and we're attacking. And uh, this is a Denver offense that hasn't you know created a lot of big plays this year. So uh, you know, aside from from Jerry Judy's occasional big plays. I don't think this is a huge threat to the Dolphins' offense. On the other side of the football, the Dolphins are going to continue to try to to get better and more efficient each week. Each week, it's a learning experience for Tua. I thought after having, you know, obviously his best game. I mean, he's only been he only had three games. I thought his first game didn't do a whole lot, but he didn't have to do a whole lot. His second game, he was tasked with more. With more responsibility, and I thought Tua handled it really well. Last week, I thought he made the most of the biggest opportunities that he had in the game, but I also thought Tua got lucky on a couple of throws that could have been intercepted that probably would have changed the course of that football game. And so you're looking for Tua to, you know, get a little bit better at, as far as not making those mistakes, not putting himself at risk for those turnovers, especially if this is a game where the Dolphins are in control. And we'll get to the, our, our predictions later. But you don't, you don't want to go into a shell conservatively because you're scared of, uh, of turning the football over. You, you still want, like, ultimately the reason that you drafted Tua is because he's got that high ceiling and you want this offense to get better and more efficient each week. So I don't expect that we're going to see an ultra conservative game plan, even if, uh, the Broncos, uh, struggle to get things going offensively. I think that the Dolphins need to stay aggressive, at least, you know, coming into this game and having a game plan where they plan on starting fast and 
getting off to an early lead because that's really been the formula for success for this Dolphins team over this winning streak. It's been punching other teams in the mouth, getting off to a big lead in the first half, and then uh, and then ultimately having control and maintaining control of the football game. And we're going to get into our predictions here in just a little bit, and we're also going to get into all of your hashtag one hot takes on Twitter. We we put out that call every single week, and we're going to get to your hashtag one hot takes in just a little bit. But first, a word from our sponsor. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 includes their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer with advanced skin safe technology. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, Crop Reviver ball spray toner, Magic Mat disposable shaving mats, and a pair of high-performance anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And you can keep all of your Manscaped products in the Shed Travel Bag. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Dolphins Talk at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Dolphins Talk. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And we're back on the same old Dolphin show, and it's time to get into your hashtag one hot takes. We put out the call uh, every Friday. We ask for your hashtag one hot take from our dolphin from our same old dolphins Twitter at same old dolphins. Make sure you're following us and look for that uh, on Friday mornings and give us your hashtag one hot take, and we will read it on the air. At Dolphins Talk, <laughs> you know, Mike from DolphinsTalk.com says the Dolphins are up by so much after three quarters that Ryan Fitzpatrick gets on the field in garbage time in the fourth quarter at some point. That would be fun to see. And I, I would think that if that happens, you'll see Tua on the sideline leading the, the standing ovation, just as Ryan Fitzpatrick did for him uh, a few weeks ago. John Langjun at HOF54 earned it says Miami will attempt and recover a surprise onside kick early in the game. That would be fun to watch. I don't know that we need to take that gamble in a game like this, but if we do it, that would be awesome and that would be a hell of a one hot take. Big E also from the same, uh, also from the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network says the Miami Dolphins will, sc- will score a lot more points than the Denver Broncos. That's the goal. And so far, that seems to be the early sentiment. Uh, Lord Turo at Turo23 says if Brita plays, he's going to have a game and the Dolphins continue their winning streak to six. He adds, 
two hot takes, the Dolphins' defense will have at least two turnovers. I agree with the second of those takes. Ashton Lawrence at Ashton Lawrence 2 says Tua has four touchdowns. Two passing, two rushing. Love it. Stone Cold Flores fan at Haitian Dolphin 1. Our secondary will score two defensive touchdowns. So there you go. Not just the defense will score two touchdowns, but the secondary specifically will score two touchdowns. I love it. Fickle Fins fan at R Hilbert 1187 says Tua has his first 300 yard game. Like that. Tim at Tim OSU2 says Tua throws for less than 17 passes total. The Dolphins defense carries the game with three turnovers, no touchdowns, and Chan calls a beyond conservative game. They shut down our run game fairly well, but Tua's efficiency and two touchdowns wins the game. One long touchdown to good Jakeem Grant. J.D. Finns fan... He man Hagen at JD Finns fan. He he puts a poll. He had four takes and he says, maybe one of these, which you know, what's your pick for the hot take? And he says, Big Van Ginkle play, we win by 20 points, X-Man gets another pick, or Ahmed rushes for over a hundred yards and getting 45% of the votes. X-Man gets another pick wins J.D. Finn's fans poll on one hot take. Idaho Finn fan says, I'll throw this out there because we're playing Denver. Sanders kicks a 60-yard field goal. I love it. Savon, uh, Miami to a T at Miami to a T says, Salvan Ahmed breaks 100-plus rushing yards with a touchdown. Tua has his first 300-yard, three-touchdown game. And the Broncos score less than 14 points with the Dolphins' D-line getting six sacks and the secondary getting two picks. He does not give a score on that, but I would imagine with a stat line like that, you're talking about Arguably a 30-point victory uh, predicted by Miami to a T. I love it. Milton Lambrusco at Milton Lambrusco says it's Denver. It's tough for teams from different climates, especially warm and muggy climates, to adjust. This game is going to be a lot closer than people think. Could come down to Jason, quote unquote, it's good, Sanders. Uh, and Milton, you might not be alone in that take. Uh, Charlie Huth at Charlie Huth 87 says Miami should be favored to win and probably will by multiple scores, but make no mistake. X versus Judy is going to be a battle. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I don't know if X is going to be uh, solely on Judy the entire game. I think Byron Jones will get plenty of time on Jerry Judy, but that's going to be certainly one of the key matchups to watch. So I love that take. Uh, Danny Knox at Danny Knox 17 says, let's not get carried away. Solid win. Reestablish the running game. Defense keeps creating turnovers and no injuries. I like it. Danny Knox staying level-headed, not not buying into the hype, not drinking the Kool-Aid, just saying, hey, one game at a time, a win is a win, let's do it. Juan C. at Exclusivity, spelled E-X-C-L-U-S-V-T-Y, says Salvan Ahmed ends the streak at 27 games and rushes 
for 100 plus yards. Alan Peplo at Al the Wanderer. Jakeem Grant climbs on Gasicki's shoulders and catches a back shoulder fade to win the game 63 to 62 in overtime. That's a lot of points, and that's an extremely specific hot take. If this happens, uh, y- y'all need to take Alan Peplo's uh, gambling advice because this man is clairvoyant. Uh, STT DB at Trey Williams says Tua's first 300 yard passing game as a pro and Miami pitches second shutout of the season. There's a few more. Make sure that you are sending your hashtag one hot takes and there is a very good chance that we will read them on the air. On to our predictions for this game. We'll start with, with Josh's. He, he, he sent it over to me. Much like one of the, I think it was, uh, Charlie Huth that said, uh, this game is going to be closer than, than people believe. Josh agrees. Josh says he has a feeling that this is going to be a game where Denver comes out ready to play. They're going to punch Miami in the mouth and Miami's going to have to come from behind. But he says Miami scores a go ahead touchdown midway through the fourth and then the defense puts, puts down the clamps and ends this game for the Dolphins and they hang on for a 27 to 23 victory. I, on the other hand, am not so worried about this game. Again, look, uh, look, anything can happen any given Sunday in the National Football League, but everything that we have seen from this Dolphins team and every sense that you get from listening to these players is that there's not going to be any kind of let up is that they're going to continue to prepare the same way. They're going to continue to stack success on top of the success, play with more confidence and just get better and better because this is a young growing team uh, that, you know, is still gelling. They're, they're still not playing the best football that they're capable of playing. And if you just look back to last year, this was a team that got, that really started to hit their stride right around this time of the year last year. And I, I think they're just now starting to hit their stride. And that's something to say, considering that this is a team that has won five in a row. I think this is a a great matchup for the Dolphins with a quarterback that is struggling, uh, a a quarterback that's turning the ball over at a high rate, uh, that's young, that hasn't seen a whole lot, and is going to go up against a Dolphins defense that has been confusing everybody every single week putting pressure on the quarterback every week, making poor quarterbacks and good quarterbacks alike struggle or play below their averages. And I I don't see that changing. I think Emmanuel Ogba is going to get another sack in this game. I think Shaq Lawson is going to have an impact in this game. Newly signed, uh, ex- newly extended, I should say, Zach Sealer, uh, who, by the way, what a what a steal to extend Zach Sealer uh for three years uh at a little over eight million dollars. I mean, that is a phenomenal deal, and that's uh another sign of this really not being the same old dolphins. I can't think of the last time uh, you know, prior to Brian Flores and Chris Greer being in charge here, that the Dolphins spotted a guy that they said 
who that they figured, hey, this guy could be a big piece for us going forward. Let's let's not wait for him to hit the open market. Let's let's extend him now. And they got him out of bargain. Zach Steeler, I think he's going to have an impact in this game. I I think there's going to be, like I said, opportunities for this secondary to come up with big plays. I I agree with some of the people that said the Dolphins are going to get a couple of turnovers, maybe even a defensive score. Look, until until this defense really lets you down, I think at this point they've built up enough trust that you you got to be excited for what this defense can do, especially when they go up against an offense that is struggling the way the Denver offense is. I think the Dolphins defense creates a few turnovers, creates some big plays, maybe gets into the end zone again, and we haven't even gotten into the special teams, what they can do. I, I think the Dolphins defense, you know, ramps up the pressure, does not give up much, basically puts a chokehold on this game, and I think the Dolphins' offense does enough. Now, I will say this. I I hope I'm wrong on this, but I have a feeling that we are going to see Tua's first interception of the season this year. I think... You know, we, we've seen it uh, the last couple of games where even though Tua hasn't thrown an interception and his numbers at the end of it have been pretty good, he's had a couple of close calls that he's gotten away with, whether it was the, the, the attempted throwaway that was nearly intercepted against Arizona or a couple of those passes last week against the Chargers. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tua throws an interception in this game. But that said, even if he does, I still think the Dolphins win the turnover battle. I still think that that this offense does enough and will do enough with the situations and the opportunities that are presented to them by both this Dolphins defense and the Dolphins special teams, which again, I believe is the best special teams unit in all of the National Football League. I think the Dolphins get off to a big lead as they have many times over this five-game winning streak. And I don't think they go ultra conservative like they did in that Rams game, which was Tua's first start. And as one of your hashtag one hot takes mentioned, but I do think in the second half of the game with a relatively large lead and a defense that is playing at a superior level, I do think that we get a little bit conservative in the second half and, and we end up maybe, maybe settling for, for a few more Jason Sanders field goals than, than a lot of you might prefer. But I've got the Dolphins winning this game. I've got the Dolphins up 33 to 10 and then giving up a garbage time touchdown and winning this game by a final score of 33 to 17. And with that, that will wrap up this week's preview episode of the same old Dolphin Show. Hopefully, when we come back with our recording on Monday, it will be both myself and Josh, and we will be celebrating the Dolphins' sixth straight victory and a 7-3 and three start to the season. So, until next time, for Amplified to Rock, for Josh, I am Aaron the Brain. Take care of yourselves and each other. Go Dolphin!